All right, folks, we all know that the oil and gas industry is going through all kinds of transformation. Digital, financial, cultural, there are new priorities, new operating models, and things are moving in all directions. And we also know that this has a huge impact on our workforce. Doesn't matter whether you call it shift change, war for talent, or just plain scrambling to retool your team. And that's is why I want to tell you about our friends over at a company called M-Link. And yes, we are talking about e-learning. And I know there's plenty of online training out there where other people think that they know what your people need. But if you really want to move with the industry, then what you need is a custom e-learning solution that aligns with your exact business goals. Now, M-Link has been at it for a long time. They started in 1990, they won more than 50 awards, and they've worked with some big names. FedEx, Microsoft, Cisco, Pizza Hut, Mary Kay, the list goes on. Now, what kind of e-learning solutions are we talking about? I'm glad you asked. M-Link delivers instructor-led character animation, gamification, performance simulation, and yes, of course, it can all be mobile. So if your team needs to grow and transform, which I know it does, then have a look at M-Link, where they are linking mind and media to improve human performance. Learn more at mlinktech.com. An industry under pressure. Innovation in its finest hour. This is the Oil & Gas Technology Podcast, where sharp minds reveal the brilliance and sheer determination turning great ideas into new realities. Hear about how it happens in real life with your host, Michael O'Sullivan. The views of the host are expressly his own and should not be construed as the views of any other corporation, consortium, governing body, or interplanetary federation. All right, folks, today, today we are going to talk about robots. Now, I know that uh, you're probably saying um, there's been a lot of robot talk on his show lately. Why is he so uh, stuck on robots? Um, and it, it, you, would be, you would probably be, it's not really that I'm stuck on robots. It's that I've met some really interesting people and that's what they happen to do. And so it's a lot of fun to talk with them. And uh, sure, robots come into the picture, but also we end up talking about a lot of other things too. So, uh, so bear with me. So don't, don't uh, change the channel yet because today, um, today we are going to, uh, it, it's, it's kind of a, well, today's episode also has a bonus feature. So, you know, like when you used to get the DVDs um, and, uh, you know, there'd be, the movie would be on one disc and then on the other disc or on the other, or whatever, would be the, the bonus features. So this this episode today has a bonus feature and the bonus feature is, uh, is a video that you can watch, uh, that you should watch. And the way that you find the video, the, the way you find the bonus feature is to just... Look at the show notes uh, on uh, on this episode, and you'll see a link, and you can go right there and watch it. Now, let me let me give you the background. So, what, so what's happening is, um, you remember a few episodes back, I had Dan Alford on the show, and uh, and he told the story about how he started this company right here in Houston, uh, building robots and integrating robots uh, into all sorts of uh, heavy industry types of functions. Uh, a lot of specialty welding, you know, doing things in dangerous places. Uh, but but the but he talked about how he started this company here in Houston called Arc Specialties. Um, I think it was thirty five or forty years ago, and um, 
and he's got a great team and, you know, people that have worked with him there for, for many years. And he's got lots of great stories about things that he's done all over the world and uh, all the different kind of applications that they've, uh, you know, where they put the their various, these industrial robots into different interesting things. He also has a lot of opinions about it. About a whole bunch of stuff that's got nothing to do with oil and gas or robots. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why I like talking to him. Well, anyway, uh, w- during that show, he said, well, we need to do a part two. And c- you come out to my place and we'll do a part two out there and we can have the, you know, it, it his factory workshop, uh, et cetera. Uh, well, little did I know how much of an adventure that would be. But, uh, but we did that. So I guess it was last week I went out there. And we recorded this episode that you're going to hear today, just a regular podcast, uh, except also uh, we, we have we have his uh, his marketing guy uh, is is joining us for the show because they also do a podcast together. So we were all hanging out in Dan's office and we and we did an episode and we talked about some interesting things. We, t- we talked about the things that are in his office, which is a whole interesting story in and of itself. And then and then we went and uh, and we did a tour of uh of the the shop the factory i mean it's 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 an expansive uh not even facility but set of facilities that he has out there and so we did a tour uh a video tour which and that's that's the bonus features you get to you get to see the video now <laughs> this is not what i would call our video crew our OGDM video crew is going to wince when they see this because this is just me walking around with my ipad and we're talking about everything that we see but it's fun so you should watch it um and and this is one of those cases where usually i tell you, don't go look at it yet because you're going to miss out on today's exciting feature. But you know what? If you wanted to go look at the video first and you know come back to this later, I think that would be okay. By the way, speaking of coming back to this, welcome to the Oil & Gas Tech Podcast, brought to you right here on the Oil & Gas Global Network. And as, of course, you've heard me say many times, we're the biggest and the best, and we got lots of people to listen to us. we got new shows coming out. Um, Probably sometime this year. We also have the brand new Unscripted, OGGN Unscripted, which uh, episode two is coming up here very soon on April 7th. And if you missed episode one, you can still watch it. It's uh, You can find it on our LinkedIn uh, or our, our YouTube uh, channel. Um, it's not quite the same because it really, when we live stream it, it's really live. It's really, it's really happening right then. And we're only, we only have a sort of a general idea of what's going to happen. And so it's a lot of fun. And uh, so Unscripted is a monthly show. The next one's on April 7th at three o'clock central time. So definitely put that one on your calendar. And uh, let's see, what else should I tell you about? Uh, that's it. That's it for now. So back to back to the fun part, which is uh, which is this great conversation that I had at Arc Specialties, followed by the exciting video tour. So ladies and gentlemen, please give a warm OGG and welcome to Dan Alford and Johnny Tyler. All right, Dan, we are here now. Uh, well, we are. We're actually really here. Usually I just say we're here, but and here isn't really anywhere in particular, but this is somewhere. And we are at the uh, worldwide global headquarters of ARC Specialties. And we're going to do a follow. This is kind of a part two episode because, of course, I had Dan on the show uh, just two or three episodes back. And uh, and we said, and he said, well, you need to come. And we were at the Canon, of course. And he said, you got to come down to my clubhouse and we're going to do one from there. So Dan Alford and also have Johnny Tyler, who is usually on the other side of the microphone. That's but right. we got you uh, in the talking chair this time. So go ahead and say something. 
Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh. so, so people kind of know who Dan is already because right. he was, you know, because he did his thing and and uh, and and. But but what? So a little bit. I know that you said you've been working here a couple years. Yeah, I've been and, here a couple years. And you're the audio visual guy. I don't know what all else you do. You seem to know a lot about what's happening. Well, well he's the left brain guy. We, yeah, we got a bunch brain. of right brain engineers, so we had, we had to you balance have it. somebody with the left brain. Also, yeah. you you keep this guy under control. Is yeah, it? somewhat. Yeah. <laughs> It's somewhat under control. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a uh, graphic designer by trade. Like, so oh, I'm yeah, a graphic yeah. designer. So I came in to art specialties as a mar- for marketing and multimedia design. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Dan has gave me a lot of, uh, you know, creative freedom to do whatever I want. And I absolutely love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's better than being in a cubicle. Yeah. I, well, we were, you know, we were walking around before. And by the way, uh, if all goes well, uh, faithful listeners, there's going to be a link in the show notes here because we may do a little, uh, a little shop tour, a little video shop tour, which is absolutely, no, which we will. Is, <laughs> absolutely will. I've already had the preview, and it's pretty good. Um, uh, so we're so so we're going to get to that. But um, but when we were walk, I mean, we were walking around here, and mm-hmm. it seemed like you kind of like knew what was going on. Oh so well, yeah, I do know. What's, I've been yeah. here two years. I should. Yeah, so you're not just a, <laughs> not just the graphics guy. You know. No, I mean, I'm, I would like to say as far as my design friends that I came up with, uh, yeah. I'm probably more uh, a kind of wide range of talents, so I'm not just boxed into just being a designer. Speaking of box, it's funny that you said that <laughs> word. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> So you're also also a boxer, right? So a boxer and an artist. Yeah, I would is, say amateur boxer. Amateur boxer. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, um, that's better than being a, I mean, there's there's some boxing there, right? I might be too old to be an amateur boxer. <laughs> He's dangerous. I was trying to come up with something clever to say that. And I, didn't, I got nothing. So, no. so uh, is there a story, uh, like how you guys came to know each other is there any I, I didn't I didn't ask this ahead of time to know if there is a good story. Well for me it's 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 a good story because I was saved. Dan pretty much saved me from a, a life of exaggerating. Yeah, yeah. A life of cubicle oh, of man. cubicle design, which is where I was headed. Yeah. Because I had been uh, designing cubicles. No. Yeah. Working in cubicles <laughs> for you. the rest of my life it feels like yeah. Yeah. But yeah uh I came in here, and that's when I walked in the building. I automatically felt like okay. I, was, I thought I was going into a robotics company. When I came in, it was very uh, how do I say, like very home, home feeling. Yeah, it's a family here. It's not just that it's yeah. A, yeah. a company. It seemed like it's a family here. So I was super interested. I actually called after my interview. I was pretty cocky. I called the other other place I was going to work and said, hey, I'm, I'm going to have to ah, turn it down. That's before we got an offer. Wow. Yeah, that's before I got an offer. That's pretty. Uh... Uh, so were you, so Dan, were you like, were you tipping your hand at that point or was he just, I uh, didn't hire him. No, no, no. <laughs> it was the HR people that hired him, but fortunately we've gotten along and, uh, yeah. you know, right off the bat, he says, I don't know how to do video. I go, well, you better learn quickly. Yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. cool. All right. So, and you guys also have a podcast that you do, which, uh, is, uh, the, sorry, the roboticist me, chronicles, the, the roboticist chronicles. That's right. I made a joke about the name before and now I can't think of a real name. So, the Roboticist Chronicles, which is also available on Apple and Spotify. Spotify. So, all right, so let's do a little plug for the podcast. So what do you guys typically do on uh, on that show? Well, just anything we find interesting in robotics. So we've done one uh, working with uh, Professor Lose at Rice. Uh, I'm a big advocate for working with the colleges. And, you know, it's, it's good for the kids and it's good for industry. And then uh, we had a good podcast with... Uh, 
Josh, a young friend of mine who's the roboticist at NASA. And you got to understand, uh, their version of robots and ours is very different. So uh, that was yeah. a good argument. And uh, and he and I are convinced that ultimately the two fields will merge in the middle. But at this point, we we disagree. And so, so, all right. So, so that's so that's interesting. What what's the what's the what's the what are the two different views there that are in uh, opposition? I'm glad you asked. So, you know, what I tell Josh is that at NASA, they have teleoperated devices. So, when you move the joystick, the arm moves. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of like a backhoe. So they call it the the space shuttle arm. I call it a space backhoe. And uh, and then he maligns what we do by saying that we're doing nothing other than player pianos that repeat the same thing over and over. And in uh, reality, uh, yeah, we're both starting to add sensors and intelligence to our robots, so they're becoming more and more autonomous. Right. So one day they, they'll, they'll, they'll be, meet in the middle. The same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. That's uh, right. Player pianos. That's an insult. Is, is it? <laughs> I, I've always wondered how those work, but maybe that's. I'm sure you know, but it's maybe a discussion for another time. They're, they they don't they don't ever sound right, you know. Like they don't really sound like a person is playing the uh, mm. playing the piano. But uh, you're not going to bite off on that one, okay? We're going to no, move sorry. on. So. <laughs> but anyway, welcome to the Robot Club. That's that's what one of the uh, engineers called this the place, Robot Club. Yeah. yeah, years and years ago. And so uh, I'm glad we finally got you out here. Glad we got to give you a tour. Yeah, it was it was very good, and we're going to do that again. Um, I uh, um, and and just to recap a little bit, you started this company. What did you say? 35 years? Eight, or 83. 1983. So whatever that is. Long time. That was mm-hmm. yeah. That's whew, that's almost something like forty years. Yeah, ago. next year. And were you out here uh, here in this approximate location? Is that? No, oh, always been in Houston. You know, yeah. I've been working here my entire adult life, and right. It's a it's a great place. You know, it's a, a city with a can do attitude, and so there are always problems. My first job was. We mentioned it on, I think, on your first podcast. It was a plutonium hot tap. Oh, yeah. You had to, like, cut the slug out and then put yeah. it in all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. But then, but most of our work has actually been oil field. That's that's how you and I got together. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. So, and, and when we were walking around, um, uh, we were walking around earlier, and one of the things that came up, um, it was, it was kind of early in the tour, and you mentioned this problem. That I I can't I haven't even mastered it, like to be able to reap sour crude. It's, it's, I understand the problem with sour crude, but or I understand what sour crude is. But you were you were talking about how uh, somebody says that now at certain depths things oh, yeah, are the uh, you know it's indistinguishable. Right. Right. Well, so, now you know now we're drilling deeper, and as you go deeper, the pressures and temperatures go up. And uh, one of my good friends said. Uh, that we've now gotten to pressures and temperatures where the threshold for what is considered sour versus sweet is below detectable limits. And the implication of that is oil can't touch steel any longer because it'll react, the H2S will react with the iron, we'll get free hydrogen, you'll get catastrophic failures under no load. Yeah, all right. So let's, I'm looking at Johnny. (laughs) Should I? How, I thought how, I was clear. How well yeah. should how well should I understand that on the first pass? I think we we we, we got to go back like one more. Want to like break again? Let's like unpack. <laughs> now, isn't that what they, what they say these days? They say unpack that right yeah. uh, or break it down or whatever. All right. So, um, uh, so at where we're drilling now, uh, the yeah, what why why is it un, why is it under? I mean. Because the pressures are so high down there, and the temperatures are so high, you get you know you drill to the center of the earth, it's molten lava, you know. So the deeper we go, the hotter and higher pressures, and that's just the way the physics work. 
you know, uh, at those pressures, it, it takes less H2S or sour gas to be a problem. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, um, so, so ordinarily, so let's describe like what would happen uh, at, 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 uh, when we don't go as deep and it's, it is detectable. Like, like what happens? So somebody's drilling and, and if it's below, I think it's 0.5%, it's considered sweet. Yeah. If, if I got my numbers right, don't call yeah, something like that. But yeah. yeah but, yeah. And so then you can, there's have, a threshold and you say, it's now sweet. you just use steel pipe. Steel pipe's cheap. Yeah, you know, yeah. you can, you know, a foot of pipe may be a hundred dollars, but you know, this sample I've got right here that I brought out, this is in canal overlaid pipe. If you provide the pipe, it costs you $5,000 a foot to use this. Yeah. And so like that, that's a lot. That's assuming yeah. you bring the, your pipe. How many miles did you need? Yeah. So the, and this, yeah. you wouldn't go to this trouble if it weren't such a devastating problem. So what is this exactly again? Uh, uh, it's chromium and nickel. It's, a, it's in canal. So the pipe is high strength steel, but uh -huh. it can't touch the oil any longer. So until you get to the point where the, the oil companies have removed the H2S, you, you can no longer have the oil touch the steel. So we coat it with that ink canal. That's that welded layer you're looking at okay. on the inside. And uh, that's all performed in NACE MRO-175. So we're not concerned about the outside? No. Nah, you know, and you got to run steel uh, because A, it's cheap. B, it's strong. Yeah, yeah, sure. And then, uh, but you can't have it. It's it's like painting, you know. You paint to avoid rust. Mm -hmm. Well, this is worse than rust. Yeah, sure. So you coat the inside of this, um, um, but 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 none of that stuff comes up the outside of the pipe, I guess. No, it's, it's not on the outside. You don't have to worry you about. Don't it. have to worry about that. There's course, other yeah. problems you can have over cathodic protection to generate hydrogen, but the, yeah, but the, I hate when that happens. Uh, but <laughs> most of the time, what we're looking for is the the reaction of the H2S and the steel and the components. Right. So we started building these machines to reach into these parts and coat all the wetted surfaces way back in the 90s. Uh, and you reach in, you know, you may be going six feet down a four-inch diameter hole. No human could do this. All right, so, so you're saying that uh, I'm, I've already started drilling, and, uh, and now I've realized, like, I have a problem because uh, – but um, so you have, to, you have to apply this coating after – it's already in action. So. Well, it's not on the drill pipe. It's because it's not in there long enough for it to react. So this is on the production stuff. So you oh, know, the, right, right, you know right. the Christmas trees. You always hear that term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, the right. Christmas tree is going to be sitting there for decades. Yeah, sure. And so that one needs to be internally coated, or the subsea valves in particular, or some of the piping. And so we've hundreds of these machines applying this material. Oh, I got you. Okay, so you don't. So we don't worry about it. Um, so during the drilling, drilling completions, it's fine. But then once we set up for production, we have to go in and and. Uh, but it, so, but why is it after the fact? Like, didn't we know that this was going to be that we were, uh, or, or we kind of discovered after we completed the well? Well, you can't be so picky any longer. You know. Well, so, that's true. That's you know, true. We're, yeah. we're running out of we're running out of oil, and so they're uh, they're having to. Produce, who's produce? running out of oil? Oh, depends on who you read, right? We're not running out of oil. You think? Maybe. Easy oil. <laughs> easy easy oil. Well, I don't know. There's a lot of easy oil in the Permian still, right? Well, you know, what do they call it? Energy return on energy invested. Originally, it was 100 to 1, and now yeah. we're 20 to 1. Okay, so it's getting harder. Yeah, okay, fair enough. All right, so, um, so this is where the robots come in, right? Because, um, by the way, you know, do you – so, Johnny, do you ever – like you should, this seems like a good opportunity for some like cool like poster graphic, right? <laughs> yeah. Like with yeah. the, like, like robots saving the day yeah. on the on the deep water well. Yeah. The, you know, is it? I, I mean, because because uh, so so now you go, you know. Well, there's a 
there's a thing that you would usually say, but this is a family show, so I can't say it. <laughs> and and uh, and you go, well, now we got to go. We got to get uh, Dan. And I heard and when we were talking later, I, I guess so. So what I heard you say was, we got to get Danny and the boys to come in here and 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 do something, build a robot for us. That was what well, we like it when that's the solution. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, so now you're going to show up uh, with the robots and you're going to start coding the inside of this stuff. Well, you know, we're selling this to the, the guys that are building the valves and building the, the chokes and, and, and making the pipelines. So, you know, we don't do this as a service. Uh, we sell the goose that lays the golden eggs. Mm. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right. But, but nonetheless, since this is the tech show, we'll, we'll talk, we'll, the only guy's tech show, we'll talk about the tech a little bit. So how, how do you, uh, so, so like, like give us a visual, like what, is it, what does it look like when all this is going on? How, what are the robots doing and how are they working? I got to give you three visuals. Okay. So go rewind back to the It's 90s. a family show, remember, I mentioned that. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, just, just three, I'll, I'll hold it at that. But originally back in the 90s, you'd, you'd place the big valve, and this thing may weigh 10,000 pounds or more. You know, old field stuff's heavy, you know that. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, you, you place this on a, a table that rotates under, and so we call it a turntable. Uh, and then you place the part there so that the center of the bore that you want to weld, you want to clad with this ink canal, this chromium nickel material. And then you stick the torch down in that hole and you light the arc and then you slowly weld up, you know, to, to mm -hmm. the top. Okay. That worked great as long as the parts were small enough to rotate. Well, everything gets bigger, right? And, sure. and yeah, so yeah. somewhere in the probably, you know, I'm talking, we started in the 90s building these machines, and they're still running. That's mm -hmm. the problem. We, I'm competing with the stuff we built 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And then then the next generation, we started to rotate the uh, the torch. It makes more sense to uh, move the torch if the torch weighs 50 pounds and the part weighs 10,000. And that sure. also allowed us to do uh, non-cylindrical parts, and it had some other advantages. And then the right. latest generation now is we're, we're actually using robots to do this. So the robots can reach into all of those cavities in a block, as they call it, without having to shift the block till the hole is on the center of the table. See, I'm thinking like there's this is some cool like uh, like uh, kind of like like '50s future oh. sci-fi graphic <laughs> kind of stuff, right? Indeed. With, like uh, what was that movie? Uh, that that movie with the metro metro metropolis. Yes. <laughs> nah, you know, anyway, yeah. don't but, say Lost in Space. Yeah. Well, or Lost, or or, or like those, uh, you know, like those fifties, uh, like like sci-fi movies, movies, right? Yeah. With the I think I think some that's. And by the way, I should mention that when because uh, I was I was thinking that'd be good to have on the walls here, but uh, so we we we're actually in Dan's office right now, and there's no sh shortage of things to look at in here. <laughs> there's there's I mean we could spend I could spend forty five minutes in here just kind of looking at at all your stuff, and then you go out and you walk around the halls here, and there's even less of a shortage of <laughs> things to to look at. But um, uh, we I, we got the periodic table of elements, which uh, you know that's, that's everything we can no, work with. No home should be without. <laughs> and, uh, and there's there's um, and. There's some leg bones on the on the windowsill <laughs> as well um, that I, that I already know this story. I can't. Did we talk about this on the last episode about the knee? The knee yeah, a little bit about it. But I mean, uh, it's not really an oil and gas thing, but it is kind of cool. That, yeah, but uh, it's oil and gas, and, and we're going to see it on the tour. So you could. So and that's right. And there you go. It's uh, it's right. Like, I mean, the, in the old days, you did all your machining with machine tools, but uh, nowadays robots are starting to do machining. 
because they're cheaper than a machine yeah. tool. They're not. That's how the matrix started. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is dangerous. <laughs> but they, yeah. you know, we're we're machining uh, with robots, and so we thought, why not do knees? Because orthopedic surgery is nothing but machining. Yeah. And so we're collaborating with one of the local docs, and uh, we've made some good progress. We're, we're holding uh, probably ten times the accuracy that a human can do. Yeah. So, um, and, and you actually have it. We're going to see it. We're going to see that on the floor. Right. That's a right seven-axis collaborative robot doing surgery on femurs and tibias. Yeah. Yeah. And now they haven't let you do it on on live people yet. No. They so. call it tissue labs. That's that's the euphemism for yeah, cadavers. That's whew, mm. That sounds creepy. All right. So we got the <laughs> leg bones and uh, connected to it now. Um, and uh, that's a is, – is, is that a llama up on top of the – case or is that it oh uh, yeah uh, that's a that's another story you know i work <laughs> i work all over the world and we were i was down in yeah. peru working yeah. in talata that explains all of it right yeah. there yeah. and then uh, i met a, i met three guys some of the most amazing craftsmen i've ever met so i brought them home and uh they now work here and uh they're all from peru and and so right. they, they brought me a yama back from peru and oh, that's true we do say we say llama here but uh, we no. al- we also say lano and blanco so uh you know he- <laughs> and anawak when it's really anawa <laughs> yeah anawak right yeah well you know welcome to texas um <laughs> but and it's the here's the happy story you know that all their kids are now engineers doing great things so oh yeah. yeah yeah so they're just really talented people down in peru they had to make their own bolts up here they they think it's easy mm. Uh yeah sure yeah you can actually just buy the so that so they they can't buy bolts not always you know when you're way out and uh, I don't know if you ever been to Talara there's not a lot of no, not a lot of stores no. here now that bowl next to the to the Yama um is that is that related to the to or is because that looks like it might be from somewhere like that. You got to be careful what you ask about. So that, <laughs> right. okay, a, that moving, was, moving right along. No, no, no. The alligator. No, there's a good story there. There's a. <laughs> I was up at the airport, and they can't they can't legally solicit rides. Uh, uh, riders, drivers can't. Yeah, but uh, this is in Peru, or no, or you know, the you know, the cabs have a monopoly. Well, this guy, I was walking past him. He says, "Hey, you need a ride." I go, "Yeah." We became friends, and uh, sure. and now he drives. You know, when we have foreign guests, he drives them around for me. He's he's actually from Nigeria, uh-huh. and uh, he needed to go back to Nigeria, uh, you know, for some personal issues. I helped him out on that, and he brought me that bowl ah, from okay. Nigeria. Okay, so so like. Like here in a few minutes, it's going to be snack time. We break out the snack bowl, and we can we can bring that out here and have some oh, <laughs> little fried yama or something. That's that little fried. <laughs> well, the yama is right next door. Um, yeah, and there's um, I don't know. There, I mean, there's a lot of other there, there's things in here. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to comment on. Um, it's all fair game. There's mm-hmm. a, there's a, there's uh, there's the Dilbert boss. I see that, and uh, there's some uh, there's some uh, other wildlife here uh that's uh you know kind of just kind of looking in on on things and uh no it's it's uh it's fantastic so is there is there anything is there anything that's got a really good story that i'm just i, I need to I like geiger yeah, counter or whatever they pretty oh they got yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't be a true geek without a Geiger counter. Geiger counter. I actually own three of them. I don't know how many you have, but uh, I uh, yeah, I I don't have three. Um, well, that's a very old Geiger counter. 
And uh, the story behind that is it's... Uh, you know, I think I saw that on a James Bond movie, actually. Yeah, that's, on, uh, those are ancient. Do- I think in Doctor No, they used that same uh, Geiger counter. That was from the 50s. You know, that was the, yeah. the original... Well, Doctor No was 62. A- been, AEC yeah. Geiger counter. Yeah. And the story is my grandfather was a brilliant man. He was a physician, and he was a physician at the Bikini Atoll test of the first hydrogen bomb. And they put him in the, uh, yeah. the bubble on the bomber that flew through the cloud to sample the radioactive material. He had three Geiger counters with him. Two of them said they died. He didn't bother to tell the crew because he thought it would just upset them. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, he didn't die or we wouldn't be having this talk. But uh, long story short, he gets back to ground, and the two that said that they died were newer model Geiger counters that weren't sealed well, so the radioactive material went inside and stayed in. And so the one old one, which I like to think that that is an example of, was the one that gave the correct data. They don't make them like they used to. That's why Grandpa lived, married my grandma, and the rest is history. Yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah. That's uh, so. So Johnny, when Mm -hmm. people ask you where do you work, oh yeah, that's interesting. (laughs) How do you like what like what do you how do you explain what what goes on here? Well, usually I say I work at a robot company. I said, yeah. a robot company? What do you do at the robot company? I said, we make robots. <laughs> what kind of robots? I said, all kinds of robots. All kinds, yeah. So, like, uh, when I came in, I was very interested. I'm like, okay, what's what's going on back there behind the door? They wouldn't let me go back go back there. That's <laughs> not true. It wasn't, in, no, it wasn't until, you, until Dan came oh. the next day. You weren't in the club yet. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. allowed in. And yeah. I told you, you had to walk around <laughs> every day. Every day. Yeah. So, I mean, when I come in, you know, what I thought was a robot is completely... Yeah, Completely. yeah. You picture kind of like these, like, like, yeah. like things walking around, and yeah. The, uh, um, although, <laughs> although the whole the whole field of the walking robots—that's kind of a whole other thing that's taken off now. I know, like, gas, and there's some people that are doing some interesting. Well, things. we just showed you one. You know, but, we're yeah. working on big parts that are too big to put in the robot, and so right. now the robot's running the around. Robot's going. It goes the, and yeah. finds work. Yeah, so that's yeah. the next step for robotics. Is they're going to get out of the factory? Mm. Yeah, that I mean. The thing is, will you know when they've gotten out of the factory? <laughs> because RFID stickers, because yeah. it could cause a big problem out here on the Beltway if uh, if you're not like cognizant of when they're getting out of the factory. So, so you tell people, uh, so that's it, and then yeah, so then they say, well, what do you do there? Yeah, I so said there's welding robots. This is this is amazing to me. Well, like, all the different avenues. Well, what, what do you like, Mr. Oh. Boxer uh, artist? What are you What are you doing at a robot company? How do you well, everybody that? assumes I just take pictures all day. Yeah, of, of yeah. stuff. <laughs> so, so uh, what I say, I just market the market the robot. So, just whatever it does, just try to highlight the the cool things that the robot yeah. does to people, so the layman can understand. Because right. Dan has a lot of technical information. He does. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, he, so, he's got to do print. He's yeah. got to do audio. He's got to do video. He's got to do trade so, shows. So, yeah. so, so you're actually so there's a whole like 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 selling and marketing component to this uh, to the business. You don't. Um, I mean, yeah. If everything can be a secret, you got to. Yeah. Especially um, for the last remaining manufacturer of large robots in America. Yeah, and that, it's true. We we didn't mention that, but uh, yeah. to your knowledge, you're the last. Yeah, but we're still a little guy. You know, we still get most of our work through referral. You know, well, that's what that's what it seemed like to me. That's why, because like every time I talk to you, you're always it always sounds like you know somebody who knows somebody, and they needed a thing for the thing for the other thing that somebody else didn't do. That's how the world works, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, Sometimes through podcasts. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. All right, what else? Uh, how, what, what how are we doing on time here? Because we do, I want to do the tour. 
which will be a separate video uh, feature. Uh, we're at 24 minutes. What, what, uh, what, so what else, what else did we, did we cover out there? That's kind of an interesting oil and gas thing. Um, uh, well, I showed you where we're taking the technology that we developed in oil and gas and applying it to, to nuclear valves. Oh yeah. yeah that's a good Oddly one. enough that, you know, they're 20 years behind the, the folks here in Houston because here, you know, it's such a competitive world and failure really isn't an option. And so right. uh, we've developed a lot of cool technology that, that what Johnny and I do, we, we reapply it. We've, we've welded submarines using the same technology. Now we're doing, you know, uh, nuke valves. We've done turbines. So nuclear valves, let's explain what is a nuclear valve. Well, you know, you got a nuke plant, right? you got to stop the flow sometimes. Yeah. you got to be able to open and close that. And there's... Uh, it, that's but not, like, what's actually flowing through the the cooling water? You hope. Okay. Yeah. Right. But there's, yeah. I know, uh, and you know, I'm outside of my depth here, but I know that one thing they do is they don't like to run cobalt alloys because uh, they can become radioactive. So we're starting to apply some iron-based alloys right, called No right. Rim. Gotcha. So the cooling loop does get, does get uh, does get some contamination in it. So it's a whole new set of problems. And what's ironic is the uh, the Inconel 625 that we're applying to all our valves was originally a nuclear alloy. So it's gone full circle, hasn't it? Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So so um, so what was it? So there was some more to that story with the nuclear valves. I remember when you said that. Oh well, it's it's horrible the way they're doing it now. They're preheating the valve and then a human. Oh, yeah, this, yeah, to four hundred degrees. You know, part. it's like pizza oven. They stick their hand in and they ask the guy to weld out and somehow or another they find people to do that but but not many probably uh, yeah not for long and not for long yeah and so time. i don't think anybody's going to say oh i wish i had my hand in that 400 degree oven when this robot starts doing this work it's that's what robots do dull dirty dangerous yeah 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 so so now you can so people really do that they they heat this and and you have to picture the so our audience i've seen it now the first time you told me that story i was like trying to picture but it's so it's a it's a big uh big piece of metal pipe basically. about the size of right. a pizza oven right and 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 you're literally like you're sticking mm-hmm. your arm and like it's heated up mm-hmm. why, why does it have to be heated to 400 degrees first uh, because of, it's a metallurgical issue so uh, if you don't preheat it then the weld will contract and shrink but the part doesn't and that'll result in residual stress and possible cracking so if you preheat the whole thing up oh, okay. and then you put the weld in then the whole thing contracts then together it's they just, live together really yeah. happily yeah it's kind of like glass blowing you ever do any glass blowing no but i have been to the uh i have been to the the place in in venice well actually the murano glass factory on the island there off the coast of venice and uh and it's pretty cool to watch those those guys what they do. Well, it's remarkably similar. You know, you can't heat just a piece of the glass. You have to heat the whole thing. It, right. all, it all has to expand and contract in unison. And metal's no different. It's just it's a little more forgiving. So that's why they preheat. And, yeah, uh, and it just makes it a hostile environment for a human being. It was, uh, yeah, it was uh, those guys. Uh, speaking of artists, um, <laughs> if you, if you uh, this guy made a horse while we were just standing there. Of course, he makes like like a hundred of them a day for all of the tourists that come through. But but yours was special. But mine was cool, <laughs> and uh, he made this little horse, just like boom, 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 like with the glass, um, and. Uh, and they just they do amazing things, um, and and of course they got they got thousands of tourists come through there a day, but. Uh, but the, the the shout out to the sales and marketing or the marketing they're they're incredibly good. I went there to see these guys. 
makes how they make this Murano glass mm-hmm. stuff. That was what I was interested in. I walked out having spent more money than I can even like. <laughs> I can even they expl- succeeded. I yeah. can even explain. Like as you come out of the, you come out of the tour of right. the factory and you're now in the showroom and this like very nice Italian guy in a nice suit is bringing you champagne and he's, and the next thing you know, you're saying, yes, we'll, we'll take a whole set of those and we'll have this. And then, and then the real fun part is, um, so after you do the conversion to euros and realize how much money you spent, uh, and this was actually back in 2008, then the, the fun part is, uh, you get home and you wait for several weeks for this stuff to be shipped. And when it arrives, it doesn't arrive at your house. It arrives at the port and mm-hmm. you get a phone call saying, here's how much you owe on the, the tax coming into the country. And it's like half again as much as what you spent in the first place. Late. And you can't, and what are you going to do? You can't let it, like I already, I'm already in this bar. I can't let it go. And uh, yeah, so, uh, so there's definitely, uh, Man, yeah. Well, you know, we use a, we use a similar tactic, and okay. it, it, I hope you're going to the offshore technology conference in in May. Uh, yeah, I think okay. we're I think we're planning to be there. Okay, yeah. well, Johnny will get you a ticket if you yeah. need one. But so towards the end of the day, we turn on the beer bot, and then the beer bot pours everybody a beer. Yeah. You know, it's the same uh, yeah. thing. I don't know if we sold any robots that way, but <laughs> but uh, made a lot of happy uh, attendees. Is, is the beer bot here? Yes. Is it present? Yeah, we'll show it to you. Because I I missed the beer bot. It's not. It's it's not five o'clock. It's not. It well. Yeah. Fair enough. It's not. It's not five o'clock. You guys that have regular jobs, you have to think about that sort of thing. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. So speaking of the tour, I think we're gonna. Uh, well, let's let's do that. And um, so, uh, faithful listeners, you know, this is where you need to look for that link in the show notes because uh, we're gonna we're gonna do a little video and we'll put it. It's not gonna be fancy. But um, but we'll put it uh, in our YouTube channel, and then everybody can go and watch over there. So anyway, uh, Dan Alford, Johnny Tyler, thanks for having me over to the clubhouse. This is great. I appreciate awesome. it. Yeah. Well, let's go take a walk. It's something we do every day. Yeah. And, you uh, got well. You got to walk around every day, right? It's, a, it's part of the job requirement. <laughs> Get your steps. All right. Thanks, guys. <laughs> well, there you have it, folks. Dan and Johnny, what a what a couple of characters those guys are. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the uh, now. I don't remember if we talked about this during the podcast portion, or I know we talked about it during the video portion. And of course, I don't know whether you have gone and watched the video and now you've come back to listen to the podcast, or vice versa. So I'm just gonna throw this out there. There's this first Friday lunch that they do, and uh, of course, yours truly has now been invited. I'm, I, I hope to be part of the club, and I definitely want to go out there and meet the rest of their team because they uh, it's really something. It's just the guys that I met just walking around there. Uh, very interesting set of folks. All right, that is gonna wrap it up for today. Don't forget about Unscripted on April 7th. I'm telling you, you won't be disappointed, or maybe you will be disappointed, and then you don't have to watch it anymore, but you need to try it at least once. Thanks, as always, to the OGGN crew for all of the hard work, most especially my audio fixer guy, Mr. Mac Roman, who always makes us sound fantastic. And remember, whenever you hear somebody say the thing that they say about this industry, you know what to tell them. We were tech before tech was cool. Check us out next week for another entertaining and yet useful episode of Oil & Gas Tech Podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGDN.com.